This morning, I want to focus on the very last line of this gospel that we just heard. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And as I prayed over this gospel in these last few weeks, preparing for this homily this morning, the word that jumped out at me from that gospel was the word ransom. Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins when he died on the cross. That was the ransom that was paid for our freedom. And I'd like to explore two themes this morning with you. The first is freedom, which is symbolized by the cross. The freedom that Jesus won for us by his death on the cross. And the second theme is that of bondage. And that's going to be symbolized by this box. And if we think of this box as a way of kind of holding something or containing something, there's a way in which all of us in different ways in our lives are not fully free. We're held in partial bondage or partial captivity by the wounds that we experience in our earthly life and by our sinfulness. And so if we think of this box as that idea of captivity or bondage, I may have one foot in the box, right? And one foot out here in freedom at any point in my life. As I said, Jesus paid the price for our sins. He ransomed us from sin and death by his death on the cross. And in our humanity, in our fallen humanity, we often experience these wounds in our lives. And the wounds typically come from one of two areas. They come from being deprived of love in a particular area of our life. And they also come from the unloving actions of people we encounter in our lives who have violated our boundaries in different ways. And so there are wounds in our lives. And in order to compensate for those wounds, many of us develop defenses, ways to protect ourselves from the pain of the wounds that we experience in our lives. And that may cause us to fall into patterns of sin in order to cope with the pain that we experience. And we may believe the lies that Satan wants to come in and sow in our hearts when we are wounded and experience that pain. And that may cause us to spiral sometimes in our lives into a cycle of shame or fear or doubt. I want to talk about these wounds this morning, and as I do that, I want to offer a caution. This is a painful area to explore in our lives. And so as we talk about these things, we need to recognize that all of us carry wounds in our lives in different ways. And as I talk about this this morning, the Holy Spirit may shine a light in your heart on a particular area of woundedness that you have experienced. And often that causes for us an emotional reaction. We may feel sadness or pain or anger, and those are normal emotions. And so the Holy Spirit, as he works through us, will oftentimes shine that light on those areas. And so if that happens for you, 
Uh, that's a blessing, not a curse, amen? Uh, and so welcome it and, and allow God to work through that. Well, as I said, the box represents the ways that we may be partially held in bondage. And at times for us, at different times in our lives, those wounds may become so deep and so difficult that we might imagine the sides of this box kind of coming up, and sometimes even though Jesus is right there next to us, we're blinded from seeing him. We can be so much in that pain. Well, I want to talk about these wounds this morning. And there are seven of them that I want to cover, and I'm going to do this fairly quickly this morning. And I want to invite you, if you want to listen to this again, our homilies are always recorded, and you'll find it out on our website. You can go back and listen to it and take time with it again, all right? The first wound I want to talk about is abandonment. And the feeling of abandonment is that I'm all alone. An example of that might be someone who dies, someone who is taken from us, perhaps in our childhood, maybe a parent or a grandparent or someone that we cared about. And the lie of Satan in that wound of abandonment is that nobody cares about me. Nobody cares about me, and so I feel very much alone. Another wound is powerlessness, the feeling that I can't do anything on my own. An example of that might be someone, a controlling person in our life, maybe a controlling boss, a supervisor, a controlling person in our family who makes us feel powerless. The lie of Satan in that wound is that I am too weak, too small to make changes in my life. Hopelessness. Many of us have experienced this at different points in our lives. The feeling that things will never get better for me. If you have ever experienced or know someone who has ever experienced a long period of illness or a long period of unemployment, that can sometimes lead us to feel very hopeless. And the lie of Satan there is that we're doomed. There's no use in hoping things are never going to get better for us. Confusion. The feeling that I can't clearly make decisions. I can't make sense of things. This can come to us sometimes if we experience a trauma in our lives. The lie there is that I'm not capable of figuring things out for myself. Rejection. Many of us have experienced this wound of rejection, the feeling of being unloved or unwanted. This can come from a lack of attention, maybe from our parents growing up. Not always their fault, but sometimes it just happens, right? And the lie of Satan is that nobody wants you. You're rejected, and so nobody wants you. Shame. I think almost everyone in this congregation this morning has probably felt shame at some point in their lives, right? A deep and pervasive sense of guilt, it goes right to our hearts, cuts right through us. And this comes to us as we receive shaming messages from people in our lives. Ever have somebody shake a finger at you and say, shame on you, you're bad, right? The lie of Satan is that I'm bad. I'm worthless. I'm stupid. Satan loves to come in and sow those lies when we're wounded. The last one is fear. 
Again, I think everyone here can probably relate to that at some point in their lives, feeling fear, a feeling of being afraid, a feeling of a lack of control in our lives. This can occur when someone who has power over us hurts us. The lie of Satan is that if I trust people, I'm going to be hurt. Those are the wounds that many of us have experienced in our lives. I'd like to share with you this morning for a few minutes my own experience of woundedness and what the Lord is doing for me in my life as a result of that. You know, for nearly 40 years now, I masked this baldness by wearing artificial hair. And initially it was my mother who encouraged me. I was about 18 years old and my hair started to thin. I have two brothers that are both bald and my mother just couldn't quite accept that little Timmy was gonna be bald, okay? And so she started encouraging me to go and, and do something, get, get, get a hair piece, right? And in that, even though I think her intentions were good, there was kind of a sense of shame in me that there was something wrong with me, something wrong with my appearance. I needed to do something, right, to fix that. And as I went along over the years, I recognized at many points in time when I would look at myself in the mirror, I would look at a photo of myself, that this didn't look natural. It really wasn't me. It really didn't look the way I had hoped it would look. It didn't look like real hair. And I allowed myself to believe that nobody really knew, right? And so there was this sense of confusion, this wound of confusion that kind of sowed in me. In over 40 years, I probably spent thousands of dollars replacing these hair pieces, having them uh, reconditioned and, and styled and so forth. And in a sense, there was a powerlessness about that. I didn't feel like I had the power to do anything different or change it. And so I endured this comfort and, and you know, all the things that kind of go along with wearing something that's not natural. In short, my brothers and sisters, I was living in bondage. I was living in fear. Fear of what others would think of me if I dared to change this thing about my appearance and believing the lie that Satan was sowing, that I needed this, that people wouldn't accept me without it. And so I spent large parts of every day worrying about my appearance, checking my hair in the mirror, right? Well, praise God, the Holy Spirit shined that light in this area of my life. And I remember in these last few months, I would stand in the mirror at work and, and, and washing my hands and looking at myself in the mirror and thinking, boy, this doesn't look good. Why are you doing this? You know, why are you continuing to do this? And so I had to start asking myself that question. And the more I asked that question, the more I realized that this isn't what God wanted for me. And so the Holy Spirit shone this light on this area, this wound. And this was the moment of reality for me, breaking through that lie of Satan that I needed to look this way. I needed to have this in order to enhance my appearance. And so as the Holy Spirit illuminated this area of my life, I was able to bring this to prayer. 
I was able to talk with people about it. And I was finally able to take that leap to make that change and to be who God made me. And when that happened for me, there was a beautiful freedom. I no longer had to worry about my appearance. You know, bald guys, we all look the same, right? Don't have to worry about the hair too much. Don't have to do a lot of styling. My life became much simpler. And I began to experience a deeper humility, a deeper sense of how God made me and, and being satisfied with that. And the blessings that have flowed and flowed and flowed from this experience, unbelievable. And so I'm wondering, what's happening in your heart right now? Is the Holy Spirit shining a light on a particular area of your life where there may be a wound, where there may be a need for healing? And recognizing that these wounds that we carry are opportunities for us to grow closer to the Lord because he always meets us where we're at. And he takes us to that next beautiful place. I read something in these last few days that I typed into my cell phone, so I always have it with me. It's a quote from a, a Jesuit. God bless him. Love those Jesuits. Great stuff. And it says this. The pathway to healing and peace runs through our heart's brokenness, sin, fear, anger, and grief. Isn't that beautiful? That's the way to healing, through this wound that we carry, right? This coming Monday, tomorrow, October 22nd, is the feast of St. John Paul II. And believe it or not, the one-year anniversary of our parish adoration chapel. Isn't that wonderful? We meet Jesus personally in that encounter of adoration in that chapel as we look upon his face and he looks upon us, right? And so if you're already spending time in adoration, we just encourage you to continue that, to keep doing what you're doing and even step it up if you can. And if you're not, if you've never been to that little chapel, I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you to go there. And I want to encourage you to go there because that's where you're going to meet Jesus. And you know, sometimes I'm in there all by myself. It's just me and Jesus. And sometimes there are brothers and sisters there with me, and that's beautiful too. There's an opportunity for each of us to grow in our faith, to grow in our love of the Lord by spending time in adoration. So I want to encourage you to consider that if you're not already doing that. As disciples of Christ, we know that Jesus has already paid the price for our freedom. As you and I discover our own woundedness more and more, and as we open our hearts to the healing that Jesus wants to do in us, we become better disciples. We become more able to go out in the world and bring that healing to others. Amen? Jesus came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many so that we can truly be free. In this Eucharist this morning, let's open our hearts to the ways in which we have been wounded in this life and to the freedom 
that Jesus wants for us. And as we say that amen, as we receive Jesus into our hand or on our tongue, let us open our hearts to the healing that only he can give. Amen?